Welcome to the Sheepdog Wife Podcast. This is your host. Let's have a conversation. Hey. Hello. <laughs> so, um, full disclaimer for the listeners, what I thought would just be losing my voice for a couple of days last week um, turned into something much more complicated. And long story short, I am on four different prescriptions, and I'm no longer contagious, but I still sound horrible. So if I have a coughing fit, I apologize. Um, I did send Sabrina all of my notes ahead of time, so if I'm in the middle of saying something that she recognizes, maybe she can finish the sentence for me if if I duck out and sound like a winded who knows what or something. But. Yeah, I was going to break out in song, but no one wants to hear my voice. That's probably a better idea. <laughs> mm. I also have somebody who is popping off fireworks um, early for the holiday that is coming up. Um, I don't know if they're going to get loud enough to be heard either, but full disclosure, you know, if somebody hears something, there are no guns going off on this podcast. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> That'd be something. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know. Ugh. Oh, my gosh. So, um, this week, we are going over Chapter 2 of Melissa Hume's book, A Police Wife Bible Study, and that chapter is on fear. Um, I... I have to be perfectly honest, it took me a little bit to really feel like I got into the meat on this chapter. Um, it could just be because I was working through the brain fog of being sick, which, I mean, that's that's a very real thing. Um, but it took me a little bit and some prodding from one of our listeners, actually, uh, to kind of get through that mental roadblock as I was working through this study and really get to what I think is some some pretty good meat. Um, so I, I don't know about you, Sabrina. I don't know if you struggled with this chapter or not, but yeah. So, uh, the topic of fear is definitely something that we can all relate to in, um, as like wives of husbands in the law enforcement industry and for other types of industries too. Um, we all experience, experience fear. Um, this chapter uses the book of, um, Two Kings, 6, 8 through 23, um, which uh, just goes over the uh, story of the Aram army. Um, So in this Bible study, uh, sorry, I'm actually just looking for my notes right now. I am like not organized, (laughs) (laughs) not organized today. Um, So yeah, it's just going over the story of Aram, uh, the king of Aram, I should say. Uh, was really annoyed that his post kept getting revealed to the king of Israel because he was pretty intent on raiding um, Israel in general. And Cecilia, please help me too if I if I like say anything wrong or miss anything because I do not have my notes to go off. Oh, here, yeah, no, I found it. Okay, so yes. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Elijah tells the king of Israel where the Ar- Ar- Arameans, I think that's how you pronounce it, are headed. Um, and the king of Aram, of course, is enraged. He ends up sending uh, an army after he discovers where Elisha is living to attack Elijah in his camp. So the story progresses to where Elijah's servant wakes up in the morning and he sees this crazy huge army just surrounding him and Elisha. And he is fearful. And Elijah, in just total wisdom, says, don't be afraid for those who are with us. Outnumber those who are with them. And after saying that, Elijah prays for the Lord to open up the eyes of the servant. And once the Lord does that, the servant sees the Lord's army surrounding, I mean, even larger than the king of Aram's army. And suddenly understands that the Lord is here and he is present. And in a weird turn of events, um, actually, Cecilia and I spoke about this over the week as we were working through this. Um, 
the Lord actually blinds the Aramean army, sends them further south before he opens their eyes again. And suddenly they are having a meal with the king of Israel and his men, which is not how I would we would think the story would typically go. Um, No, that was that. Yeah, that was a blind slide a little bit, Um, especially because we do see God, you know, destroy enemy armies, enemy civilizations in the Old Testament. And so um, for context a little bit, I guess the um, accepted behavior of the day, and I'm going to compare this to Pirates of the Caribbean, Mm -hmm. where... Um, they talk about having like parlay yeah. <laughs> words like this unwritten, um, mutually binding set of rules that they would abide by that if the armies ate together that way, they would treat each other honorably. Um, they would not attack each other. It would, it would kind of lay things to rest in an act of friendship, I guess. Yeah. Um, and like that really... I was so confused reading that. Um, I guess the best way for my brain to just process it in a short term is just that God works in really mysterious ways. Um, but he knows exactly how all situations are going to be best played out. And I feel like that kind of lays into the topic of fear. Um and how we should handle those situations pretty, pretty well, because that's, that's a, that's a baseline foundational thing. I think, I don't, I don't know how you feel about that statement, but. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's so much easier to say, you know, just trust in the Lord than to actually do it because sometimes we just get so into how we're feeling about something. So in this case, um, our LEO going off to work or, You know, it's suddenly 45 minutes after their shift ends and they are not home. They haven't texted you. They're coming home. You have no idea what their whereabouts are, that there's fear there. What's going on? Are they okay? Uh, Mm -hmm. It's really easy just to kind of get into a dark place with that, um, where ultimately we need to trust in the sovereignty of the Lord and whatever happens. And I know we talked about this in previous episodes too, just whatever happens to your leo has been ordained by god and as long as they are being obedient to the lord whatever happens is good whether it's something really tragic that is really hard to work through or something great like them walking through your door you know 10 minutes later Mm -hmm. and we have to just trust that god's will is good yes and so true Um, so I think we're going to be kind of going over the application for this chapter. I think that's where my heart is at with it. I think that's where Sabrina's heart is at with it after talking with her. Um, but the one thing I did just want to bring up, like kind of something that I noted, um, a little in the first question that's, that's raised in this, uh, the fact that the King of Aram went after Elijah um like the way that that is set up in scripture is literally that he turns to his advisors and basically accuses them of being a spy for Israel right Mm -hmm. saying how do they know where we are how how are they three steps ahead of us and these these Gentile people who do not serve the God of the Jews, they do not serve Yahweh. Um, the response that he is given is, oh, well, God's telling them through their prophet Elisha. And it's accepted as truth automatically without any doubt. And what's really interesting to me is that there would be that level of, um, I guess, re- respect for a God that they didn't serve. Um, yeah. And I think, I think it's also fear too. I mean, yeah. I think they're also feeling fear on their side too. Um, obviously like the God of Israel is a God that a lot of people during that time was aware of mm-hmm. and 
just, you know, he, I, I think that the King of Aram has visibly seen that something weird is happening here. Yeah. And we also have to remember, too, like, during these times, they didn't have instant communication. Communication could take days. Communication mm-hmm. could get lost. Communication could be intercepted. Yeah. And, I mean, how else? How else, unless there was an insurgent, which his men cleared that there were that there wasn't, how else could, you know, Elisha know where this guy is and his men? Yeah. So it's almost like it was almost like out of fear. He's like, okay, well, let's just go see, like, who this God is or, or, or why or how this guy has this kind of information. Yeah, just in just an immediate, oh, God is telling them I need to have this person right now. Um, like, that just, it, it made me chuckle a little bit. Obviously, you know, the King of Aram is not the, the good example here. Um, but I did appreciate on some level, like, the just unquestioning acceptance of that as fact. Um, I feel like that's not how that conversation would go if that happened in a modern day war room. But, but at, at God works <laughs> mysterious ways, right? Yes, God works <laughs> mysterious ways. So, so yeah, so awesome uh, scripture reading that we got to do this week. And yeah, Celia said too, we did want to talk a little bit more about application. Um, I think just in general with this study too. Yeah. Um, because Celia and I both hope that this is a helpful resource for Christian women um, who have husbands in this role, just for them to understand that while yes, with any type of job that exists, any type of earthly duty that exists, there are, you know, negative things that go with that. I mean, sin is still prevalent in the world and we still have to deal with that. Um, but I, I, I found in the last few years of uh, just being my husband's spouse with this industry that there are a lot of negative connotations that tend to exist. And it's almost like, and Cecilia, you as being someone who kind of like just stepped into this like a, a newer, I guess, spouse in this. Yeah. Um, if you feel differently, let me know. But I, I feel like that people almost act like they died. Like my husband is an LEO. My life is over. And you see a lot of like <laughs> satirical things online of just these like wives complaining. Oh, my husband's never home. Oh, I'm always lonely. Oh, mm. he loves his job more than me. It doesn't have to be that way. No. Yes, just know it does not have to be that way. And Cecilia and I want to encourage anyone who's listening that there are so many good things about your husband being an LEO and that you should be proud of the work that he's doing. And just one piece of scripture that, I mean, one of of a few that Cecilia will be sharing tonight that I do want to read to you is Colossians 1, 16 through 17. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. That means amongst other things that God has placed your husband in this role for his purpose, for his good, just as you know, the wife of a pastor who was glorifying the Lord should be proud of her husband. You should be proud of your husband too. And Part of that is just supporting him through his role. And support means a couple different things. Support means, of course, uh, being there for him. Um, when he is feeling low or when he's even experiencing feelings of fear, just directing him to scripture again, um, loving him, um, being kind, doing nice things for him. On the other end of that spectrum, though, supporting him also means pointing to things that maybe he is not doing correctly. Um, So those are hard conversations. Um, It could be that your husband is really deep in his work and he has not looked at you in your face in about a month. (laughs) Uh, Supporting him means reminding him that his first role is to be the leader of your home. And that means he needs to love you. He needs to love your children. He needs to be present. And even when 
you know, maybe he's working a ton of overtime or he, and he needs, he needs yes. to be that spiritual leader. In exactly. Yes. It and by doing that, that he'll get certain. better at his job. Exactly. Yes. So yeah, exactly. Um, we see in scripture that, I mean, when it comes to like electing an elder, the first thing that you do is look at how is this elder's home being run? If, and this is the same case for electing deacons too. Um, your home is one of the most impactful things you can do on this earth to further the kingdom of the Lord. Ensuring that you and your wife are in a proper covenantal relationship, honoring and edifying the Lord in your day to day, ensuring that your children are being raised under the covenant and being taught the word of God. That is part of your responsibility as just being a man and being a husband in a Christian relationship. So, yes, you must do your work well. That is in the Bible. You have to do your work well, but you cannot neglect your family in that process. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I I feel like I should add to that, but I feel like you said it so clearly and were so articulate um, that I don't necessarily have anything to offer in addition to that other than a yes, amen. <laughs> um, you know, there's there's a lot of talk. I feel like, um, so this is, this is going to be my segue into like, fear specifically Mm -hmm. um a synonym for fear is worry or anxiety and i know that you know um when we get to the chapter on depression anxiety is probably going to raise its ugly head again at that point because those things can go hand in hand but um fear worry anxiety a lot of times those things circle around our spouse's safety um but they can also circle around um, your own ability to take care of your children or take care of the home while your spouse is out doing the job, or it can circle around fear or anxiety or worry over whether your marriage will last. Um, a lot of people talk about the uh, divorce rate in law enforcement and first responder households. And while I do think that that is something that's concerning what I think needs to be looked at more closely though is how um is kind of separate people who are actively faithful to God and living their lives for him with them as the focus and see what the divorce rate actually is then um because with of course with without God or without being centered in faith in the creator of the world and the creator of everything. Um, how could you go through the trauma that, that law enforcement officers do have to see on a regular basis with, without, without that foundation? Um, exactly. This is, that is like an excellent point that you made um, with, in, especially in regard, in regard to those uh, divorce rates. Mm-hmm. If you are being, faithful to Christ. Um, and I, I, when I say that, I don't mean like you have to be perfect because clearly we're all going to make mistakes on a day to day, but it's a matter too, like if you're being corrected on a mistake that you are handling that appropriately and repenting and, and, you know, n- not doing that anymore. But yeah. yeah, I, I would, I think that being a cop and being a Christian is so important just for just the, for everything, for how you perform your job, for how you treat your wife, how you raise your kids. Um, I know that like one thing that Keith and I do is we talk about like his job and, Mm -hmm. and it's not so much like his performance per se, but it's more so his job and the balance with our family. So overtime um, is like a great topic. Whenever my husband is presented with overtime, he'll ask me first, like, should I take this or should I not? And it's a real conversation. So it involves us having to one assess where's our family right now. Do do I feel like our kids are missing you and they, they need more of your presence right now. Do I need more of your presence right now? 
Um, it, it means looking at our finances and saying, do we need this extra income? Because mm-hmm. like, if he's out of the house, even for like five or eight hours on top of his schedule, that's impactful. Yeah. That we already see him on such a limited basis as it is and, and limited and inconsistent, I should say. So even adding one day of overtime to an extra, to a shift or on his days off, we feel that. So it has to be like a very legitimate reason for him to take that overtime shift. But that's something that I really love that he does is he does involve me in that process. He doesn't just hoard his job to himself, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's another aspect. It's open communication, you know, and that conversation isn't going to be a one and done thing either. That can be, that can be daily. That can be weekly. That can be monthly. Um, and that, that kind of comes down to how far in advance your agency schedules to a certain extent Mm -hmm. and also just how your, your family functions and everything in between, you know, exactly. Um, but I think it's really important that we, that we remind ourselves of some, some truths, uh, that we're probably a lot of us are familiar with. Um, they might sound like basic foundational things, but sometimes it's just important to repeat truth to yourself. Even if you think you already know it, sometimes you just need to hear it over again. So apologize in advance. If anything that I am about to say sounds soap boxy, because that is not where my heart is. Right. But we're talking about fear. We're talking about worry and anxiety associated with the job. Let me put to rest the fact that, and I, I think I've said this before in another episode, it's one of my favorite approximated quotes from one of our previous pastors um, that Luke and I had when we first got married, that the most dangerous place for someone to be is to be running away from God or not listening to where God wants them to be. So if your spouse or loved one, if you're a sibling or a parent or a cousin or a friend of a law enforcement officer who's jumping in with us tonight, um, if your loved one is fighting to be a cop or other first responder role and God doesn't want them to be there, that's, that's a dangerous situation. But if your loved one got called to be in that role and you have seen them your entire life and you know that God gifted them with a specific skill set to be in this role, even though it could be considered a dangerous job, this is literally the safest place for him to be right now. Like, take a deep breath and know that it's true that the safest place for anyone to be is where God has called them to be at that time, right? Um, So all of that also suffice to say, as someone who is new to the LEO or first responder lifestyle, because our family has not been in, you know, the, I I don't want to say club, but for lack of a better term in the moment, in it for very long, um, we have had near-death experiences in our family outside of it. Um, God does not promise us a single day on this earth. When we are born, he knows the exact number of days, hours, and minutes that we have. Um, and he's going to protect us until that that time is up, right? So mm-hmm. uh, my husband almost died doing yard work long before he became a law enforcement officer, it was a big enough incident that we actually didn't know if it was God saying, you know what, you're not even going to be called to that role because, you know, your, your body is not going to be able to recover to be able to do that type of job. It was a very severe thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that happened on a Sunday afternoon in seemingly the most random context that could be imagined uh, it, it had nothing to do with him having a dangerous job. So accidents can and will happen. Um, 
And I am a very firm believer in the fact that if someone has run out their time on earth, if, if it's their time to go, then it's their time to go. And, um, this is, this is hard for me to say as well, because I have not been in a position where I have actually lost my spouse. Um, and so I, I cannot speak from experience, but I do want to speak from what I know is true about God and about the Bible. Um, and I have dealt with a lot of anxiety over something happening to my husband or something happening to my children um, because my daughter had a, had a traumatic incident with fire as well. Um, we need to remember that the worst possible thing that could happen on earth is not the worst possible thing that could happen in eternity, right? Um, the worst possible thing that could happen in eternity is to be eternally separated from God. Um, the worst possible thing that can happen on earth realistically would be death. But as a Christian, we need to remember that death means that we get to spend eternity with God starting in that moment. Yeah, we have to set sights with all that we do on earth that the end goal is to be with Christ. Yeah. Um, and that as much um, as much as like you may love things of this world, and that includes your children and your husband and your friends, that your your purpose is to glorify the Lord and to praise him um, in your every day. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Just in regard to fear, have your sights set on the Lord and his true purpose for you, which is to glorify him. Mm -hmm. And I think that with fear first, if you are feeling that you should have that conversation with your husband, talk to him about, your feelings and just have them have them just console you in that sense they're really good for that um have him if it if it's helpful explain how his job works set up parameters for what can help ease that fear so i know with my husband i asked him if he could just send me a text when he is able to because he's not always able to mm -hmm. if he's staying late from work because this is kind of like a funny story, but when he, when he first started working at this job, we had just gotten married. I, he didn't come home. It was like an hour or two after his shift has ended. I had texted him. I called him. He wasn't answering. So I actually called his barracks, which is like super embarrassing, but I called his barracks and was like, Hey, just wanted to check and see. I, I figure everything's fine, but I'm not sure. Um, is Keith okay? And the poor dispatcher was like, yeah, I'll just call him. Like, <laughs> I could just tell in her tone. She's like, why is this girl so worried? Like, but so yeah, after like that incident, I, that's when I had a conversation with him. I was like, listen, we, when, when you can, just let me know if you're yeah. okay. And now it's to the point where it's like, if he forgets, which is really not frequent, I'll just send him a text like, okay, with the question mark, <laughs> like you're live or ever found your phone like everything good like <laughs> yeah that's spousal shorthand man yeah yes yep so yeah just have that conversation with your husband if you're feeling fear yeah um so also on that note um something that is really i have to i'm gonna open up my bible real quick because i have a scripture written down and i can't remember which point that I have here, it is associated with, which is probably very, very bad of me, but, um, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm even talking right now, so we're gonna roll with it, right? Let's do it. So, <laughs> uh, Matthew 6, 25 through 34, um, is advisement not to be anxious. It is, I think it's, wonderful advice. I know that this is one of those verses that gets tossed around a lot, um, along with Philippians 4, 6, and 7, when people talk about anxiety or worry um, or fear. But it's it's so good. Like, it, 
it needs to be said. Don't mm-hmm. gloss over it just because you hear it a lot. So Matthew six twenty five. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour or span to his life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Um, you know, our, our lives and our very existence, all the way back in the beginning of creation in Genesis, they don't belong to us, right? Mm-hmm. The lives of our, our loved ones, they don't belong to us. They belong to God. We belong to God. Our children belong to God. Our lives are for giving him the glory. And he knows how it is best for our lives to be lived. The span for us, every interaction, consequence, reaction that we have, he knows how he's going to work that for his glory and potentially use that to turn someone else's heart to him who would have been hardened otherwise. Um, and we don't have a big oversight picture of our lives. That's something that he alone has. And I know that it's very frustrating for people who feel like they want specific cut and dry answers to every situation. But there are some things that you just need to learn to let go and trust that God's got this. God knows what is best. And even if it does not look like it is the best thing for us, we need to remember that it's not about what is the best thing for us. Um, Sometimes it is what is the best thing for someone else or what is the best thing to bring glory to God. Exactly. That that isn't always what the world would think would be best. Yeah. The Lord will use, will use you as a means to accomplish his will. So I don't know if something bad happening could mean the salvation of somebody else. And I'm not saying like, this is always the case for something, but keep that in mind that we don't see the bigger picture yep. when something tragic is happening in our lives. God knows the bigger picture. So again, we could just be a means in God's plan. And that is good. Mm-hmm. That is glorifying to the Lord. So I want to ask you, Cecilia. Yeah. What are some things that you do when you are feeling fear? What's kind of like your like human reaction to that? Um, I have to be really honest. My human reaction, and Luke kind of laughs at me a little bit about this, but when I'm having one of those days, for example, um, when the Supreme Court ruling came down last week, there was a lot of concern for rioting to start immediately in the area he works in. Um, And knowing how bad riots have been in recent years, I felt very stressed and anxious and fearful over that um, because that it's kind of his first big event on the job. And I felt like that was a really steep test. If he got thrown into one of those riots, like that's a big that's a big thing to be your first big event yeah. on the job. Um, and so, like, my my sinful man reaction, while it might not be entirely sinful, is to immediately jump to the worst-case scenario and then plan what I would do to make sure that the kids and I would be okay if that worst-case scenario happened. So... If I imagine that something awful happened while he was at work and he was not going to be coming home because he had an end of watch situation, um, immediately I'm like, okay, what would I do until the life insurance came? And then what would I do after the life insurance came? And where would I set my kids and I up so that we would be able to figure out a way to be successful in life? Where would I apply for a job first? Like that's, that is the path that my brain goes down because I like to have a plan in place. And Luke thinks 
on a certain level that it's really hilarious, even though it's a very morbid way to think, um, because he's, he's thankful that I'm not completely unprepared if something were to happen that I'd literally just stand there and be like, I don't know where anything is. Yeah. Honestly, I have like a good conversation to have with your spouse. If you haven't already, I know it's like not a topic that people like to talk about a lot, like just death in general and what happens mm-hmm. next. And like, this is advice that like anybody in any yeah profession should have with their spouse. What do I do if you die? And yeah. I actually just asked my husband this like last week. I'm like, okay, and we, I mean, we talk about this like very frequently. It's, it's almost like casual, which <laughs> probably gets the show like just <laughs> have like twisted our brains have become because of this job. But I was like, okay, so if you were to die, where, how, how do you want me to handle our kids' schooling? Like, what do you, what do you want me to, what do you want me to do? Because like, obviously we're missing income at this point. So mm-hmm. how can I, how can I ensure that our children are getting the best possible education that I can give them at that point. Um, how, how do we, how do we, how do I ensure that I can continue homeschooling or do I put them in a Christian school? So just kind of going over like different scenarios and what his wishes and what his advice would be to me yeah. in that situation. But that's across all fields. Like, yeah, that is a conversation you should have with your husband. Every, everything. Just talk about what he thinks would be best for the family if he was to not come home one day yeah um so that's that's what my my physical brain goes to um Mm -hmm. and again it it is a good conversation to have um to know those steps and luke and i've had the same conversation if something were to happen to me um i actually have because i handle all of our financial stuff um, I have put together a, a key essentially of all the different websites for paying our bills and passwords and all of those things for him because he doesn't have those memorized. That's all in my brain. Um, see, that's bad. That's good of you. I should do that too, because I also do all our finances and like, I don't think I <laughs> anything. I don't even I didn't like have it until just this year. <laughs> do not think that I have things together because well, I you don't. got it together. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to make you laugh because you're coughing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I just it, worst worst possible things they can happen at what is to us mm-hmm. in our limited view of the world anytime. At any time our world could come crashing down. But some reassurance in that is that it isn't at any time to God. He Mm -hmm. knows. He knows past, present, future. He knows all of it. He knows exactly what you're going to be going through, what you're going to have for breakfast, the the day that that happens, whatever it is, whether it's actually losing someone or just having an injury that really scares you and you need to rehab from or something that ends up removing your spouse from that line of work because yeah. that can happen too. Um, he, he knows. He knows what you guys are going to do after that happens. He knows everything. And, um, you know, there's, there's the song um, Whom Shall I Fear by Chris Tomlin that mm-hmm. Melissa uh, shares in this chapter, which is an, it's a great song. I enjoy listening to it. Um, but whenever I think about fear and anxiety, um, especially in this kind of context, and I know I go, I'm probably going back to it a lot, but you know, the biggest thing that happened in our lives, especially before Luke entered this line of work was that accident in our yard on June 2nd, 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember after he was life flighted, the only thing that came into my head besides like, you know, that frantic, just mental prayer that just runs. And it's only ever like one sentence long because you can only think of like eight words at a time in one of those settings um, was, it is well with my soul. And 
praise the Lord, I was able to actually just recall the first two verses, I think, which doesn't sound like a lot, but in that moment, that was a lot to be able to recall on the fly. Um, And so for me, while her recommendation of whom shall I fear is it's wonderful. Um, but it is well with my soul will always be my fear anthem. Uh, no, I like that fear anthem. That is like, you should, this is like, like a good idea. Like you should have, um, scripture that, and it doesn't have to be anything crazy that you're able to memorize mm-hmm. and just recite to yourself when you are feeling negative emotions. Yeah. And so my, favorite psalm is psalm 23 mm. um my kids sing it they, they love it too so it's like a near and dear one for me hey but one line i love in it is even when i go through the darkest valley i fear no danger for you are with me so keep that in mind too that as you're experiencing fear or if your husband is experiencing fear um while on on the job because they are not immune to that right like we talk about being afraid they have to actually be in the situation we're just afraid for them to be in the situation yes yeah that's the thing too like I have almost and this is like a this is probably a sinful thing but like I almost disassociate myself when it comes to Keith's work and it's almost in like a a way where it's like if I don't think too deeply about it then I won't really feel too much about Mm -hmm. it um to the point where like he's been in some really not great situations at all um and I almost like didn't recognize like how serious they could have been like I should have really been praising the Lord for the fact that he spared Keith in a lot of these spots Mm -hmm. but the dissociation just at that time I did not recognize so keep that in mind too like don't let fear disassociate you yeah from like very real tangible dangers and another thing I wanted to say too when it comes to application like how can you how can you work with fear here just focus on just praising praising the Lord for your husband when he is home be grateful that he is there with you I know that us as a family, we love when my husband is on his days off. It feels like a vacation, like when he is home with us. And it has led to some really cherished family time. And I even remind my kids, like, hey, like, dad's home this weekend. Like, let's, let's, like, really enjoy this time as a family. Yeah. And I, I can say as an observer, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like you guys do your time off so well. Um, you are always, you're always making high quality memories with your kids. And I think that's something else to remember um, that there, there are always going to be different jobs or different seasons of life where you might have some more time with people. And I'm not, I don't want this to be taken as my saying, oh, you you cannot spend any time with your family, but if you have one really great vacation once a year, you know, yep. that makes up for it. But there is something to be said about quality over quantity yeah. because there are families that have the opportunity to have dinner together every night. Both parents are at work or at home while the kids are at school and then everyone is together every evening and they have two mm-hmm. or three days off together a week, but they're not, they kind of take for granted the fact that they get to be together that much. And as someone who had a spouse who was working from home for a good period of time, I'm saying that as someone who is guilty of it, I'm not judging people for it because it's such an easy trap to fall into. Um, But you can take being with your family for granted. And so one of the gifts of this life experience, I think, in being in a non-traditional first responder household um, is that you, you have an appreciation for that and your, your attention is drawn to the blessing that it is to be together as a family. Um, You know, because there, there are things about this lifestyle that can be really hard, but there are some amazing 
lessons that can come from it as well. And I think that that's one of them. If we were to ever like transcribe this podcast, I would put a fire emoji right after <laughs> that whole sentence you said you shared with us. Well, shut <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, you you guys do that so well. Thank um, you. I remember, like, when we were first getting to know you, like, I'm using filler words a lot tonight. I'm sorry. But it convicted and motivated Luke and I a lot in that season of life. Um, because we were, we were in a waiting period at that time. And it was a little bit of a confusing and lengthy one. And, um we we did our best to trust God during that time, but it was not always easy. Not because God was not being God, because he always is, but just because we're sinful human beings and sinful human beings don't always handle things in the absolute best possible way that they can. So yep. um, you guys have always, always been an encouragement in one thing or another, but that was one of the first things I remember noticing about you as our families got to know each other and as my in-laws had you guys over for dinner and then pulled Luke and I aside and said, you really need to get to know them because you're going to love them. Um, which was true. (laughs) No. And we, and we equally loved you guys too. I, 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 that's what I love about our church just in general. And I'm really sad that you guys are not there anymore, but anyways, it's for a good reason. You will always be part of our church family. Exactly. Um, We are all part of the same church. Yes. I feel like, I feel like Luke and I really did successfully kind of find the, like the unknown sister church of our old church home when we moved. Um, Like we, this is total rabbit trail sidebar. We would love for you to come and visit and spend a weekend with us sometime and we can go hiking and then have you come to our church. But um, awesome. Like God, God provided in that a lot. And our, um, our church hunt was commentated on by various quotes from our dear beloved pastor that, um, from different sermons where he had talked about healthy churches, because I'm sure you remember that he spoke about that a lot. Oh yeah, um, and so there, there was like actually like four or five weeks straight where we would go, and the sermon wouldn't necessarily be related to anything that he had been teaching on, but the pastor at our current church would completely unknowing of any of the context end up quoting him word for word in like a sentence in the middle of his sermon, and it was it was a blessing to us. Um, in a really big way in our church hunt. Um, but anyway, that that's my rabbit trail for this evening. No, that's a, that's a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> uh, um, so I, I think I covered everything. I don't know if you remember anything else in my notes that I did not cover. Um, but if, if I covered everything, I think the only thing that I would want to draw attention to is just add a couple of more scriptures um that one that melissa included but some that have spoken to me as well um so uh the memory verse for this week in the book is isaiah forty one ten, um, which is do not fear for i am with you do not anxiously look about you for i am your god i will strengthen you surely i will help you surely i will uphold you with my righteous right hand um and then psalm 85 um I, I enjoyed, um, something specifically from that Psalm. This is another little sidebar is just, uh, I was looking through a commentary after reading it and something that struck me in the commentary was just the concept of making sure that you do not let any present darkness that you are going through, um, overshadow what God has done for you in the past, um, I feel like that is another little fire emoji moment. Like that was just, that was a mic drop moment for me when I was reading through it. So I wanted to make sure that I included it with, with our talk. Um, You know, God is, God is good in every circumstance. Um, And nothing that is going to happen to us or anyone that we love is going to be a shock to him. And if you are listening to this podcast and you are struggling with this emotion, 
even if it's like three years after we post this <laughs> yep you can absolutely leave a comment so that either Cecilia or I can just help you work through this because once you get around this feeling um, or at least once you learn ways to kind of combat it you can really see yes. the blessings that the Lord has given you yeah and it it is something that can take like intentional practice too mm-hmm. exactly. so if you're sitting here listening to this please do not think that we are perfect at this or that we're even particularly good at this right because I have days where I'm absolutely horrible at it Mm -hmm. um like everything in life it is something that you have to be intentional about you have to be intentional in your walk with Christ you need to be intentional in your marriage and you need to be intentional raising your children right so yeah um hopefully you all will enjoy or did enjoy going through the chapter on fear. Um, I know that this was a little bit, maybe a little bit more of like a motivational speaking yeah. <laughs> episode, but I, I hope that something, even if not all of it, but something that we shared with you all tonight would be helpful in helping you to refocus and conquer that fear. Um, because God will give you the peace that surpasses all understanding if you are asking him for it. Um, and I have experienced that personally in my life. Um, and I, I want you to be able to experience that as well. And sometimes you need to ask a couple of times because Satan likes to get in there and and freak you out after you were peaceful one day and then you sleep and wake up in a completely different mindset in the morning um, and you need that to wash over you again. But Mm -hmm. God is patient and kind and And graceful. Yes. And very gracious. And he will keep giving it to you. So. Okay. So we'll see you guys all next week. This sounds great. Next um, week is harassment. Oh boy, that'll be. This is a topic. <laughs> that will be a topic, guys. All right, so we'll we'll see you again next week for chapter three, harassment. Have a right. blessed, blessed week.